powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. Seahawks have a lot of contract situations to figure out here, so let's talk to a contract expert. CBS Sports' Joel Corey joining us now on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Hey, Joel, happy Thursday. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We are fantastic. We we just heard from both Seahawks coordinators, so learning a bit more about this team. Now, one thing they're obviously not going to tell us is exactly what the plans are with some of these big names. So thankfully, we can turn to you to just try to understand the contract situation. Um, we learned today uh, that, uh, that Geno Smith, it sounds like, is going to be on the roster through Friday. Um, it sounds like he could still be traded. Um, he's got a 12.7 million base salary. That'll become fully guaranteed. Almost 10 million in a uh, roster bonus that'll become guaranteed on March uh, 18th. So my question for you, Joel, is less about whether or not you think Seattle will keep him and instead about what that contract value looks like to you or what it might look like to another team. Like, is that a pretty good contract for Geno Smith? Well, he's in that almost non-existent middle class of quarterbacks. Right. The base value of the deal is $25 million per year, uh, which you don't really see anymore. It's either you pay your quarterback a ton of money or you're going really cheap. And if you can get a veteran really cheap like Baker Mayfield for one year, who won't be at that if he re-signs the Bucks, uh, all the better. Um, still flexibility for the Seahawks. You've locked in the 12-7 for him. But you could still trade him, and you'd be getting rid of presumably all $22.5 million if you could find a taker. And you would pick up, I believe, $13.8 million of cap space in doing so. Or if you really wanted to get rid of him, you eat either all or part of that roster bonus. Because you'd have to trade him by March 18th. That's why that date's significant, because a $9.6 million roster bonus gets locked in. And you could either eat part of it to facilitate a trade or all of it, but that would eat into the amount of cap room that you would save. So hypothetically, you trade him and you eat all nine-six of the roster bonus. You only pick up $4.2 million of cap space and have to go out and get a new quarterback. Joel, you mentioned Geno being in that non-existent middle class. And I, and I laugh because I go, yeah, you're right, man. And now I look at Jamal Adams, I go, all right, well, what class is he in? Because uh, <laughs> he's getting paid. Um, and, uh, he's in a different tax bracket, but his play hasn't matched that tax bracket. But the potential maybe is still there. Uh, what do you think the value of Jamal Adams is? Obviously, there's a $20.8 million dead cap if he is cut. Uh, what do you think his value is in the league as it stands today? Can't be very high because he's perpetually injured and then didn't play well. When he was on the field this year, he, he leaves a lot to be desired in coverage. The best thing for him was a regime change from the coaching staff. He was definitely a goner um, with Pete Carroll returning. If I'm Geno's agent, I'm calling up and trying to see if there's some sweet spot in terms of where you get more cap space or relief than you would if you cut me and I'm going to get more than I might get someplace else. And he played 43.5% in 2023, where I've got anything above that is considered not likely to be earned for incentives because anything he didn't do the year before qualifies as not likely, so no cap charge for 2024. And 
try to make some or all the money back through playtime. So you got Julian Love making six. So maybe you take a big enough pay cut to where he's in the same neighborhood as them. You make it up incentives, and that could potentially be what would be best for Adams and give the Seahawks more cap relief than an outright release. Hey, um, I will get back to the Seahawks, but um, I was just thinking about this conversation because Bump and I were having it um, just earlier this week as we were reacting to the Super Bowl. Joel, as you know, one of the conversations about quarterback salary had and has always been, well, can you really win when you're paying a guy over a certain percentage? Like, you want that franchise guy, you need that franchise guy, but then that guy gets paid a lot, and we had seen escalating salaries. Then Patrick Mahomes went out and did it uh, twice since accounting for that percentage. Do you still see um, you know, that argument as being totally valid with Mahomes being an exception, or do you think we put way too much stock into the percentage of cap that goes to a quarterback? I think we put way too much stock in the uh, percentage that goes to the quarterback because, one, it's the most important position in football, and you can manipulate the cap number however you want by kicking the can down the road if that's what you choose to do. Kansas mm-hmm. City chose not to really do that, and they also did something really interesting. They took away – they've won two Super Bowls doing it. Let's get rid of one of the best three or four receivers in the NFL and not really replace them with anything which is of close to being comparable value or ability and they got back-to-back Super Bowls. But this year was the most interesting I've ever seen in terms of how the rosters are built. You had the two extremes, the highest cap number in the league in Mahomes, and you had the lowest cap number you could almost possibly have for a starting quarterback in Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Joel, um, there was a scenario thrown out there by one of our colleagues here, and he uh, – he put out there that, look, the Hawks should be looking to trade DK Metcalf. Me, personally, I'm against it. I think that uh, you want to keep DK, but I, I could see his reasoning behind it. If the Hawks were to put DK out there for, for teams to uh, to go after, what do you think you can get in return? Well, you're going to probably want a first-round pick, something comparable to uh, what maybe Kansas City got for Tyreek Hill when he went to Miami, uh, here's the bigger issue. If you're going to talk about 2024 draft capital, it's got a $24.5 million cap hit versus $23 million in dead money. Uh, you're saving $1.5 million on the cap and got to go out and get a number one receiver. Um, if, you're gonna, if you're talking about receivers leaving, it's more likely to be Tyler Lockett if you look at it from what it would do from a salary cap standpoint. Almost $27 million cap hit. The dead money's getting close to $20 million on a conventional release, not a post-June 1 designation, so you'd pick up 7-1 if you're going to try to not have the same receiving core as last year. Um, Leonard Williams is set to become an unrestricted free agent. He was a quietly hugely important piece for Seattle in the second half of last season. Obviously, they acquired him via midseason trade. We've been wondering whether Seattle would hang on to him already with money invested in Dre Jones, but he was so good on a bad defense, you kind of hope they do. Joel, if you were Leonard's agent, what are some of the factors and numbers you're looking at? Well, you can't franchise him because it goes off of last year's salary, which includes the bonus proration for the entire year. So it's impossible to put a franchise tag on him. I'm not, not 
literally impossible, right. but it's just not feasible. Realistically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not realistically possible. Uh, he's making $21 million per year on the last deal. Is he thinking I'll take a pay cut to stay, or is he looking for top dollars? He's already gotten one payday. Sometimes when you've already gotten a payday, you're thinking, I don't necessarily need every last dollar, but I guarantee <laughs> if he's going to stay put, you have to pay more than Draymond Jones. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Brooks, man, we're looking to see what's going to happen in that situation. I think the Hawks desperately need him on this defense because of just what uh, Mike McDonald likes to do. We were trying to figure out what the franchise tag would be for a guy like Jordan Brooks. We figured around, what, $17 million. It's probably cheaper on the front end just to extend this young man. If you were the Seahawks, uh, what would you do in this situation? Uh, you're way off on the tag. If you get a $242.5 million um cap it's linebackers which includes three four outside linebackers it's going to be getting in the territory of 23 million Goodness not gracious. Oh, wow um the last um off ball linebacker to get a franchise tag was david harris in 2011 for that reason um i don't necessarily know he's your guy uh familiarity brings comfort mike mcdonald comes from baltimore there's a guy drafted mm-hmm. <laughs> right around him, I believe, the pick after. Did, went to his first Pro Bowl that knows this defense. It already has a high-priced linebacker there in Roquan Smith. They didn't pick up the option for almost 12-8. I'm sending Patrick Queen here. If you're going to pay a linebacker, mm-hmm. pay him. You know what he can do in this system. No offense to Jordan Brooks. Probably costs more, but... That one makes sense to me. Patrick Queen is a Seahawk. Now, what might that contract look like for Patrick Queen? Oh, you're going to be talking to different price points. Since right. he went to the Pro Bowl this year, he's thinking Tremaine Edwins-type money, which is $18 million a year, I'd imagine. So you're talking maybe 12 versus 18 or, 14, or 13, 14. But um, depending upon how you structure it from a uh, cap standpoint, it may not be that much of a difference from a 2024 cap hit, but then the cap hits would start to diverge um, as you kept going on in the deal. Who do you think is the uh, the most underpaid, other than Brock Purdy? Obviously, that's the easy one, right? Who's the most underpaid quarterback? Who do you feel like um, is next up for, for a bigger payday? I'm going to say, based on 2023 salary, Baker Mayfield, because the base value was $4 million. And he made another, uh, I think, $2.85 million in incentives. Well, if they're going to keep him, uh, I'd imagine that the Buccaneers are going to look at that Geno Smith contract and go, hey, we like to do it around there. He's probably going to look at uh, Daniel Jones at $40 million per year. That may be something where the Buccaneers don't want to go, but all signs point to him staying. They brought in... Liam Cohen, an offensive coordinator who was with the Rams during his brief stint for continuity state. Maybe it's a Derek Carr type deal, which on paper is $37.5 million per year, but really at most is 100 over three with uh, 60 over two, um, given the way that it's kind of has a team friendly structure and is backloaded with the money. 
who are some free agents you're especially curious about who in your mind, if this might happen, I haven't, I haven't looked, but is there anyone who could really reset the market in a big way this upcoming free agency? Well, I'm, well, Chris Jones, obviously. <laughs> right. But then, here's Chris Jones, then I'm sure his agent is like, stop talking. <laughs> well, he said something interesting that he's coming back. Right. He was very, convi- had a lot of conviction about his market value last year, because you don't see veterans incur a $50,000 per day fine, mm-hmm. miss all the training camp, so that's over $2 millions in fines. Miss a game check of over a million, then come back on a reworked deal. Um, the franchise tag will be thirty-two point one six million. There hasn't been a non-quarterback franchise tag anywhere close to that. If you put him on the open market, he's a thirty million dollar per year guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if he wants to stay in Kansas City. He may have to give a little bit, and Kansas City's going to have to come up a little bit. Maybe they tag him and try to trade him. If I'm the agent, I wasn't too happy about it. I'm a chief for life statement yesterday because from an agent standpoint, <laughs> you never want to hear a player say something like that. I'd have made a phone call like, what are you doing? I know you want to be here, but don't say that publicly. Right. Do you want to get paid? I want to get paid. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to like have any potential chilling effect on the market where a team goes, yeah, we were willing to roll out the red carpet, but right. he's, he wants to stay in Kansas City. <laughs> he is CBS Sports' Joel Corey, salary cap expert. He could not join us at a more perfect time because we've just been talking about some of these big decisions Seattle's going to have to make. Thank you so much, Joel. We appreciate it. Thanks, Joel. For any time. Thanks for having me. See ya. Let's get to four down territory. This is Four Down Territory, going inside the game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Well, we were just talking about free agency, but one player has been the subject of trade rumors, that being Bears quarterback Justin Fields. If you're Justin, what's your main priority? To be mentally stable, because there's a lot of rumors going on. Everyone's throwing out scenarios. What if they do do this with the number one pick? What if they keep both of these guys? Where's Justin Fields going to end up? I need him to be Tony Pollard Super Bowl weekend. I need him to show up to an interview and have no idea what's going on. Put your phone (laughs) down. Don't pick up the iPad. Stay off the laptop. His job is just to stay focused because I firmly, I truly believe that this young man, if he's in the right situation, he can be a good NFL quarterback. He showed you last year and the year before that um, what he's capable of doing. But it's all about getting in a spot where you can develop. But at this point, you just stay focused, man. You got your GM talking about how much he loves Justin Fields, and he's he's a big man, he's strong, he's smart. Does he really feel that way, or is he just putting that out there so he can jack up the price when it comes right. to trade Justin Fields? He doesn't know who to trust or what to trust in this moment right here. So if I am Justin Fields, I need you to put the blinders on. I need you to keep training wherever you're training. Come back ready to go because you get another chance at this thing. You're essentially going to hit the restart button, take all the things that you learned in Chicago, and be ready to go, but be Tony Pollard. Stay off that phone. Don't know nothing. Show up oblivious to everything. That was one of the best things because it was he who didn't know uh, Dan Quinn had been hired, right? Yeah. I just love that idea of like, so Dan Quinn's gone. What? <laughs> I just found that <laughs> I'm out right sorry, now. Excuse me. Second down. Well, the NFL doesn't like the idea of a joint streaming service by ESPN, Fox, and Discovery. Why? They they don't like it because they are one of the greatest businesses in this country. 
And part of the reason why is because they force these networks to compete for games, to outbid each other. These games are so overpriced by the time they're sold to these networks that the NFL just sit, sits back and they laugh and rub their hands and count the check. So now what's happening when these networks are coming together, they're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all supposed to be fighting for these. Now you're coming together. We're not going to get the same return that we're used to getting when it comes to these games. Good business by the NFL because they're maximizing uh, their profitability, right? But this is why I laugh. I go, look, you guys are making all this money overselling these games, but you're putting your referees in horrible positions. There should be a chip in the football so we know where first down is. We still got a chain game on the sideline? Yeah. This is 2024. Do we really need chain games on the sidelines? It's almost like I'm in high school and I got to run up to the crowd and ask two parents if they want to volunteer to be on the chain game. Like, come on now. <laughs> we are past this. Are we, really, are we really looking at, at cameras still to see the ball across the goal line? We already know. Put a chip in that thing and across the goal line. Like, you guys are so worried about the money which you should be every year the nfl makes billions upon billions upon billions all right and it's a business i understand that help your referees out because we are always critiquing them they do a, a great job for the most part but uh, i laugh because i go look you guys are worried about the wrong things right now i guess it's the right thing because you got to make money but take some of that money help the zebras on the field make the right call third down all right, well, we know Steve Wilkes is on the way out in 49ers land. What are some names you've seen connected to the Niners as a possible defensive coordinator, and which of those names is most likely? This is funny, man. I, uh, I read an article where they threw out Bill Belichick. Uh, they threw out their Mike Vrabel, and then they threw out the OG, the homie, Pete Carroll. And I'm thinking, man, if Belichick and Pete Carroll go to the Niners to be the defensive coordinator, the things that they would be able to do with that personnel. We know Bill Belichick had his run with that Patriots defense. We know what Pete Carroll did with uh, the Legion of Boom over here. And then Vrabel, a defensive guy as well. Now listen, I don't think it's Bill Belichick. I don't think it's going to be Pete Carroll. I think that these guys are head coaches, but if they were to take a job as a defensive coordinator, what a blessing to wh whoever team they go to. Uh, but if we're picking out of those three, it's got to be Vrabel. Yeah. Only thing that concerns me about this situation, if I were a 49ers fan, would be that Vrabel's going to be gone. He got one year, and he's out of there because he's going to be a head coach again in this mm -hmm. league. If that were to happen, you go from Salah to D'Amico to Wilkes to whoever comes in here next. If it's Vrabel, he's here for a year, and he's gone. That's four coordinators in, in five or six seasons. No stability there. But I also look at the 49ers, and I go, do they need stability? Because as long as they got Nick Bosa, as long as they got Hufunga, Greenlaw, uh, uh, Warner, Ward, they're going to be fine. It's almost like you can just pull a coordinator off the block and say, all right, just don't mess this up. Okay? Yeah. Don't go cover zero on third and two in the Super Bowl and allow Pat Mahomes to continue to drive. Mm. Just take care of business like that, and you should be fine. It was funny seeing those three names. I think the, the OGs are out. If there's anybody out of those three, it's got to be variable. Fourth down. News that broke earlier today from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Seahawks are reportedly picking up Geno's $12.7 million base salary for 2024. Tell us what we need to know and how you feel about it. Um, well, you, you did a great job describing what, what comes Thank next, right? You. All right. Um, I need more compliments from you because I'm always get, blessing you with compliments. And You're I, doing a you great job you today you with the up. outfit. I love, I love the all-white, uh, even though I, I, I don't I, support the Dodgers, LA Dodgers I want to be authentic, though. I, see, oh, okay. you got to wait till like, tomorrow. Then so. I take it all back. Okay. <laughs> but um i mean you painted the picture right this is step number one all right are you going to be on the roster after tomorrow that's for sure he gets 12.7 million dollars guaranteed gino get your money mm -hmm. now the next step is march 18th okay if he is still on the team by march 18th he gets a nine million dollar roster bonus and if he is on the squad 
on March 18th. That means that Grubb is looking at Gino and saying, I can do something with that. Yep. I can work with that. And I honestly think that he should work with Gino. I think he's your best option. Even if you were to draft a quarterback, you don't want to put him in this situation because I feel like this team is built to win games right now. Maybe not win a championship. Maybe not even win the division because you still got the Rams who figure some things out and the Niners doing their thing and the, and the Cardinals. But I'm looking at them and I go, this is a team you can't sleep on. Keep the good time, times rolling with Geno. Find a young guy in the draft or maybe later during the season, whenever, and allow him to, what we say yesterday, marinate. Yeah. You marinate, Marini. you learn, you take in all that knowledge. So uh, good for Geno, man. Good for Geno and good for the organization. The next date now is March 18th. Speaking of the Rams, I'm just so excited for Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald to retire. You know what I mean? They're getting a little <laughs> long in the tooth. I think it's maybe time uh, to write off into the sunset. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Just enjoy retirement. You're in L.A. Right. So much to do out there. So much to do. Just go check it out, guys. All right, you're listening to Bump and Stacey on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. What I Need to Know is coming your way at 45 after, and we could use your questions, so text them now to the Mac and Jack's text line. Any question you have, text it to 866-979-3776. Hype train coming your way next. Bump and Stacey. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Rost. Get your questions in for what I need to know. It's coming your way at 45 after that number is 866-979-3776. Right now, let's head to the station for Hype Train. First one, we learn from ESPN's Adam Schefter that Geno Smith is expected to be retained on the Seahawks roster at least through Friday, where a $12.7 million base salary becomes fully guaranteed. There is, however, another part of his salary, technically a roster bonus, that becomes fully guaranteed on March 18th, which is why ESPN's Brady Henderson says there's still a window where Geno could be traded. This is your first hype train. Tell me if you're boarding. Geno will be on the Hawks roster tomorrow and on March 18th. Boy, we know he's going to be on it tomorrow. Well, yes, but yeah. uh, it's, it makes it cooler. Oh, okay, there. okay, yeah, I got you. I'm ultimately, like, it's that Gino's not getting. Traded. I'm like, was I dreaming? Did I did I not <laughs> <laughs> just hear that information? Ultimately, the hype train is Gino's not getting traded, but he's going to be on the roster March 18th. Yeah, no, he's he's going to be on the roster. I'm on that train. Um, he should be on the roster, um, and I think he is the best man for the job right now. Easy, good for you, Gino. Run it back three times, improve on last year, and uh, you'll be here another year. Gino will be on the Hawks roster tomorrow and March 18th. Bump is boarding. He doesn't see a Gino trade happening. Curtis, are you boarding? I'm boarding, and I do like that they're doing this in segments because it gives us more to talk about. Uh, yeah, before thank you March for the 18th. content mills. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to the Seahawks for uh, keeping those conversations alive. And nothing is guaranteed beyond March 18th with Gino, but. I just think of the options that are out there, whether it be in free agency or, or quarterbacks that you have enough draft capital to go out and get. I don't know if any of them are better in 2024 than what Geno Smith can be for you. So I think he is the Seahawks starting quarterback week one of the 2024 season. Mina Kimes doubling down on this on Twitter, by the way, on January 3rd, we played this sound back then. She said, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Geno Smith is not the problem in Seattle. That was from the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny, her podcast. She just retweeted it following this Geno news today and said, the likelihood Seattle improves upon Geno Smith is extremely low. I'm saying. Saying, meaning like the idea of like, you can't go out and find Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Like, that quarterback isn't waiting around the corner for you. If you want to find someone at 16 overall, 
Maybe you take he that. He's not waiting swing. at 16. Well, maybe he, he is. He ain't even at 16. You never know. Gino's a guy. I do kind of Get agree with her, and I'm also boarding this train. I don't think Gino Smith is going anywhere for 2024. Next type train into the station. Let's talk about another quarterback who could be on the move. Justin Fields was a swing and maybe a miss for the Chicago Bears. They have the number one overall pick in the draft this year. This thanks to their trade last season during the draft with the Carolina Panthers. They're looking at Caleb Williams and by all reports will take Caleb Williams out of USC at number one overall, leaving Justin Fields with a new team or maybe not. Justin Fields will be a Chicago Bear in 2024. That's your hype train. You blame Jeff Saturday for this nonsense. <laughs> we're going to draft a quarterback at number one, Caleb Williams, the future of this organization. We're going to keep an another number one draft pick. He's only been in the league three or four years. That is madness. Why would you do that? The friction that would be in that room, even if it is invisible, you'd be able to feel it. It's a horrible idea. Give room for somebody to grow. Therefore, I am not on that train. Uh, Justin Fields will be playing for a different team. Justin Fields will be a Chicago Bear in 2024. Bump not boarding. Thinks he gets traded. Curtis, are you boarding? Uh, I am not boarding as well. I think that would be malpractice to keep somebody like Justin Fields on your roster. When you know you could get a decent haul for him, I think they are going to hit the reset button with Caleb Williams. I mean, and, and I don't see them passing on the number one overall pick in back-to-back -back drafts. Like, that's a ton of talent to kind of move on from or or to, you know, it just makes no sense to trade the number one overall pick in back-to-back -back drafts. I think they use it this year on Caleb Williams, who I think has higher upside than Justin Fields. And I think a quarterback needy team is, is going to pay the price that the Bears are, are asking for, whether it be the Steelers, the Falcons, who have whatever. Justin Fields will not be a Chicago Bear in 2024. Uh, I don't think he will be either. And I think to keep him would just be cruel. If you don't want to hang on to that kid, let him go and develop and learn somewhere else. He doesn't want to be a backup and you're paying him way too much to be one as a first round pick, even on a rookie deal. Nah, move on. Get, get your second rounder and find life somewhere else. Next hype train into the station, George Kirby, all eyes on him. Um, now, we've all talked about Julio Rodriguez as being the most important Mariner last year, this year, next year. <laughs> He's just a, a superstar. George Kirby, though, already appearing in conversations for potential Cy Young candidates for 2024, and he will be a finalist. You know I'm all about good vibes. And I support Seattle sports. I support George Kirby. So therefore, I'm putting the vibes out there. I'm boarding the train. Um, and look, man, I think uh, Curtis said yesterday he's the most excited about this kid. Um, I went a different direction. Couldn't even tell you what direction I went. That was so long ago. Uh, but I think that uh, this is uh, this is a safe bet, man. George Kirby got some stank on what he what he puts out there, and uh, I can't wait to see it again. All right, George Kirby will be a Cy Young finalist in 2024. Are you boarding this train? Bump I'm, is. I'm buying a sleeper car ticket. That's how on board this train I am. I'm not getting off. Okay, Stacy. Okay, Bump. Like, <laughs> George Kirby will be a Cy Young finalist in 2024. You can book that. <laughs> I'm also boarding this train. Like, Bump, I got to go on good vibes. If you give me any kind of prediction, the Kraken will win. The Seahawks will win. Such and such, such. I'm boarding.
<laughs> I'm truly boarding. Now, obviously, the point of the hype train is to look at other potential candidates in the American League. And, you know, is this an especially, you know, um, deep league when it comes to an uphill battle for Kirby? Now, I know. I, I think he should be a favorite to be a finalist. And I think also that he will be. Next up. Of course, I got to mix in some non-sports in here like this one. Valentine's Day, which was yesterday. Happy belated Valentine's Day to everyone. I hope everyone had a wonderful Wednesday. Is actually the worst holiday. Oh, uh, you know what? <sighs> You're going to get me in trouble. But the reason Be why careful. it's the worst holiday for me is because obviously in December you got Christmas. Mm -hmm. January I have my anniversary. February 8th is my wife's birthday. And then I got to turn around real quick. I mean, and it's flat broke, Stacy. Valentine's Day. Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm broke. There's negative twenty dollars in my account right now. I need gas to get home. I might just, I might need to ride home. Like, I'm broke. So, yeah, for that is the worst holiday. <sighs> All right, um, Valentine's Day is the worst holiday. Bump is boarding. Curtis, are you? Uh, I mean, I'm up there with Bump. We don't have as many back-to-back-to-back, -to -back -to -back, like, gift-giving days uh, as the Bump family has this time of year. But, like, yeah, it's one of those holidays that sneaks up on you, and it's like, oh, no. But I'm going to say the worst holiday is probably New Year's. Uh, I see no point in <laughs> A, going out for New Year's, and B, staying up till midnight. There's just nothing in it for me. I'm so glad that you said that because the worst yeah. holiday you're absolutely right is new year's now new year's eve is fine in theory right it's all about getting gussied up and dressed up and you know maybe eating some, yeah maybe eating some That's um some Orders. food drinking champagne staying up until midnight for Jen no reason Bagney. here's the thing new year's is always freezing new year's is always expensive New Year's is always underwhelming, and no one ever sticks to their New Year's resolution. It's not true. I guarantee you, it is February 15th. Raise your hand if you've been sticking to your New Year's resolution. There's no, maybe like not, five hands up. I don't make them. Exactly, because there's no point in making them. <laughs> why don't you just make a resolution? Why don't you make a May 15th resolution? Hey, for the second half of the year, I'm just going to... I've got to really try to be healthy. <laughs> why, why wait until New Year's? Just do it. You know why. Because you're starting all over. The, it's a new year. New, new year, new, year, new, new me. me. Who this? Look, as a woman, my memories of New Year's, particularly in my 20s, are just of being cold. Yeah, because y'all got to look all cute and stuff, Waiting man. in line. I was also of the generation that just didn't bring our coats anywhere. Like, no, I don't Ugh. need a coat. Are you bringing Black a coat? I don't know. Are you? It's 30 degrees out. No, I'm not bringing a coat. It doesn't go with my outfit. Okay. <laughs> You're so stupid. Hey. Hypothermia. It's yeah. All bad. Hey, hey, but you might get some free drinks though, man. My pockets. We're talking about pockets. Oh, I will say that. Let me Goodness tell you what. Gracious. When I went to Vegas, we were coasting on free drinks until I went to one bar, and this is in 2013 or 14. So this is still 10 years ago, and I go up to the bar, and I order a vodka Red Bull, and it was sixteen dollars. It's now it's probably like ninety dollars, and Facts. I was like, excuse me, mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean it's $15? I've never had someone buy me a drink in Vegas if it wasn't the homie. I didn't realize that you can get <laughs> drinks by just kind of sitting in the casino playing games. Yeah. I didn't Yeah, cuz you're already you're already spending your money on the games. Right. Well, I didn't realize that, so now I know that. 
for the next time I don't go to Vegas because I don't <laughs> like Vegas. <laughs> All right, that is Hype Train. Get your questions in for what I need to know. Text them to the Mac and Jacks text line 866-979-3776. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. It's What I Need to Know, brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, Electric. Get your questions into the Mac and Jack's text line. That number is 866-979-3776. We have sports and non-sports to get to. Do you want to start with sports or non-sports? Non-sports. Non-sports. Um, so this is actually someone asking what our favorite fruit is from Jen and Beaverton. She said, I've had some sumo mandarins lately that are to die for, but I'm going to change it. Mm. Uh, Jen, sorry for taking liberties with this question to say definitively, it's a hot take show. Mm-hmm. What's the best fruit? Now, this fruit causes your body to react, but it's worth it. Dragon fruit is so bomb. <laughs> but... There are some things that happen if you eat too much dragon fruit. Oh, no. Just be aware of it. You need a cleanse, eat some dragon, dragon fruit. fruit. Curtis, what's the best fruit? Not your favorite. You can say, I can make arguments that this is the best. Uh, best fruit, I, and it is my favorite, pineapple. Love pineapple. Okay. You can um, you can cook with pineapple, too. Like It just is so, so good. The problem is... And like bump, like if you have too much of it, it'll, you know, make your mouth bleed. That's no fun. Yeah, I think that's any fruit is dangerous in large quantities. Now, bump. You push it right to the edge with pineapple. Um, Bump, you said dragon fruit. Curtis, you said pineapple. Both of you, however, are incorrect. Um, The best fruit is uh, the best fruit for a reason. It is incredibly popular. It is the only fruit that is part of a, a, a historic ice cream flavor. It is the only fruit that makes an appearance for a chocolate milk company. It's obviously strawberry. Strawberries. Strawberry is the it's best so fruit. Basic. Everyone knows this. It has a character <laughs> named so after basic. it. There's a dessert named after it. Come on. Look, it's basic, but it's also just a truth. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like when people say chocolate isn't even the best flavor. Then why is it the most popular flavor? Have you had dragon fruit? No, because exactly. you're making it sound like I'm going to like I'm, have a huge accident if I have dragon fruit. Just eat it at home, but I'm telling Over you. Over a toilet? Like, I'm nervous. Oh, you sit on the couch. You got to, you know, you can go to the toilet. Yeah. Run is <laughs> what I'm going to have to. I'm, I'm just saying. You try can, it. Here's the thing about strawberries. You can eat strawberries on the go away from your home, and you don't need to be afraid the way you do with dragon fruit. That's true. Strawberries here's, don't hurt you the way pineapple does. Here's what I'll give you with You guys are choosing violent fruit. Is that it, it does go with other flavors like strawberry and banana, strawberry and chocolate. That's what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, I Curtis, know, don't, it, it don't just help doesn't her. excite no. me. Okay, but if I put a thing of strawberry shortcake in front of you. That excites me. That's my that's <laughs> my favorite. because of the ice cream. Strawberry shortcake and ice cream is the best ever. It is and the, the best. And the syrup that you make the strawberries out. Yeah, Yeah, but the strawberry, it's because it's so sweet. It's still the strawberry flavor. It's the best one. It's case settled. Case closed. Um, <laughs> what I need to know, which coordinator, Grub or Dirty, will make the biggest impact next year? Mm, they see me rolling. You think Dirty? They Yeah. It's got to be dirty because we need this defense to make the biggest improvement. And I believe you got it's not just dirty. This McDonald this Leslie Frazier as well. Like they got some beautiful football minds on that side of the football. So I'm going to put the vibes out there and say uh, riding dirty. You're going uh, dirty. I'm going to say grub. I would love for the defense to take the biggest like singular step forward of, of either half of the ball. But I think that 
by virtue of being a play caller, Grubb will have more of an impact on the offense than will Dirty. Although I really liked our interview with him. Dirty, that is. Like, he seems like a very cool coach, very much a teacher. Both of us were able to get behind that. And I'm very excited for what the defense is going to look like with Frazier, McDonald, and Dirty all kind of being chefs in the same kitchen. Um, let's see. What I need to know, uh, do you root for any teams not from Seattle? Uh, of course I do. Well, Bumps from L.A. Lakers? Dodgers. Okay. And um, every year I pick an underdog team. I think this year we picked the Lions, but they weren't really an underdog team. And yeah. then as the season got going, I started rocking with the Texans just because of what Stroud and uh, Anderson were doing over there. Um, let's see. 509 says, as usual, West Side Idiots. It's the Washington oh, 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 oh. Apple. Apples are not the best fruit. You need more fiber in your diet. <laughs> I mean, apples one, are good. One, hold on. Say that to my face. People be so bold on this text line. Let's start idiot. Square up then. Come over to this side of the mountains. <laughs> apples are delicious. First of all, all fruit is delicious. Apples are fine. I got into an argument with my friend the other day. We did um, a, a fruit draft, and she chose apples first. And I was like, that's like taking a kicker in the second like you don't need to take an apple first no one is going to take it first all right what's the worst the, the worst, worst fruit? fruit you said all off are... um i don't like eating raspberries raspberry flavor is fine i don't really? like the raspberries they just like they the have raspberry. i don't like the gritty kind of like seed situation with them i don't mm. like it here's what i'm out on with fruit i i have never been and it doesn't matter what kind of melon it is i'm just not a melon guy okay that's fair a lot of people feel that way i agree i agree with you um, let's see. Ooh, here's a good one from the 206. What I need to know, who's going to be the most interesting team to watch in the offseason in the NFL? I say probably the Chargers, but what say you? The Jets. I want to see what the Jets do. I want to see how they add to that team because Aaron Rodgers magically made them Super Bowl contenders. And uh, I bought into that a little bit. Um, you see how much they fell off without him. Obviously, the quarterback is the most important position. But uh, I'm looking at the Jets. I want to see what the Jets do, and I want to see what the Falcons do at that quarterback spot. Um, yeah, I think Chargers are a great answer, listener. You might have stole mine. Uh, Jets Broncos? are also a great answer. Broncos, also yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not just saying this to be biased, but because any team with a new head coach is interesting to me, I do think that if I wasn't from Seattle, I think the Seahawks would be interesting. Um, there aren't necessarily huge offseason decisions they'll have to make with the roster, but I for the first time in 14 years, they have a new head coach. That's an interesting storyline in itself. So so you're picking the Seahawks? Oh, also Chicago. Yeah. You're going to have a new quarterback and potentially moving on from another. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, okay, what I need to know, um, who's the opening day pitcher for the Mariners? I heard it was Luis Castillo, but I don't know if it's true. It's got to be Castillo. Yeah, there's no way it's not. Um, what I need to know, Mario or Luigi? I'm voting Luigi. Luigi seems more versatile, a little taller, a little thinner. Wow, run, wow. He'd probably run a bit faster. Wow. I'm gonna, he looks like a receiver to me, you know? He looks like a like a, a slot receiver, whereas Mario's Mario, no, Mario is the, the undersized nose tackle who's going to make a hell of a high school player, like but that's forward. it for him. Like, that's it. I just think Mario has it. Like, he has that star quality. He's got a little bit of every man. Uh, Luigi is comic relief. Um, but if you have to choose one to back you up in a fight, who are you choosing? Choosing Luigi. 
You think Luigi He's got more grit. can land a single punch. Yeah. <laughs> got more grit. He's used to being overlooked. Dog. You know, He's no one talks about Luigi. Uh, what I need to know, do you guys like Tiger's new logo? It's all right. Curtis. It's going to grow on me. Eh, yeah. I do like that the 15 stripes on the Tiger represent his 15 majors. A little hidden okay. meaning there. Very cool. He's going to have to redo that after this year. He's winning the Masters. Wow. You've heard it you here, heard, folks. Yeah, you heard it here you heard first. It. Breaking news. What I need to know, if you had the five best offensive linemen in football, could you run the wishbone offense? Yeah, I would get uh, Paul Moyer to be my office coordinator because he was over there with Bellevue and he was doing that horrible <laughs> offense that they do. And, and be like, all right, man, teach me this ugliness that you put out every single year. How dare you? How dare you say that about Paul? All right, you guys, that will do it for us today. Uh, for Michael Bumpus, Matt Nelson, Curtis Rogers, I'm Stacey Rost. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob are up next, and they're having John Schneider join them. You guys want to stay tuned. That interview coming up at 4 p.m.